we were out at Faith Builders a while back here. I think it was Michael was having a um, uh, singing with the chorale, and we went to hear them on a Friday night. And then uh, Saturday morning, we had to go to SMBI to give a presentation for Olive Branch uh, for the water program. So we left late out at S uh, Faith Builders, and we traveled to SMBI for the night to spend the night there. So we got to our motel in Breezewood, and we got the key uh, to checked in, and we went up to our room, and I stuck the key in the door like you normally do, and I pushed the door open and yank. It just it went right against the chain. And here, actually, they gave us a key to a room that was already occupied, and the person that was in the room got very, very, very angry. I mean, he yelled and screamed and. I believe you could hear that for many rooms down every way. So we went down to the check-in to, uh, and here he was on the phone there and giving them a piece of his mind as well. And this morning I want to think about the, uh, the message on uh, be angry and sin not. You know, we live in an angry world. We would all probably know that. We are selfish by nature, and when we're selfish by nature, we hurt other people, and when we get hurt, we get angry. And so anger can uh, come in a lot of different ways, a lot of different forms, and we want to look at some of them. Uh, some of it, uh, it's expressed in a lot of different ways. You can yell, you can name call and different things. But usually that when anger is directed towards an individual, it's usually not a funny matter. Uh, it's very destructive. It can be very destructive. I've been in quite a few places where I've seen fists through walls, through drywall. I saw fists through doors. Uh, you know, uh, it can also be very destructive in relationships with physical abuse and in, uh, uh, with wives and children and even murder. Uh, you know, the, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, we see that murder is uh, equal with, with anger, anger in the heart. I believe all premeditated murder starts with anger in the heart. So what does the Bible say about our anger? What do we know what the Bible says? What should we do with our anger? You know, I believe there is a good anger and a bad anger, and we want to look at some of that. Um, you know, abortion should make us angry. It should bring something of a, uh, a feeling within us that something is not right. But the, the, the title of the message here is Be Angry and Sin Not. And turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 is where we find this title. So in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 26, it says, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which is good, that he may have to give him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, 
forgiving one another, even as, Christ, as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So this morning we want to look at five points here. The stirring of anger, the sins of anger, the bedtime rule to anger, what the Bible says about anger, and practical ways to deal with our anger. So we want to look at here first the stirring of anger. The stirring of anger. The, the anger is a, you know, we could ask what is anger? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a powerful emotion. It's a God-given emotion. It's an er emotion that arousal caused by something that displeases us. You know, something doesn't suit us. And we get angry. And there's a lot of reasons why we get angry. You know, um, and we want to look at some of them, but somebody crosses our path. And, or we see an injustice and, uh, to someone or to ourselves. And this emotion is stirred up. This emotion, the stirring, the stirring of anger is, um, is, 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 uh, can come up from something that displeases us. So the question is, why do we get angry? There's a lot of different reasons. And just maybe I'm going to speed through some of these just to help us understand a little bit why we do get angry. What makes us, what, why do we get angry? Well, I believe number one is that when we don't get our own way. You know, we, there's a, I believe this is a primary reason. We see this in children when they don't get their own way. You know, they, they don't hide anything. They just let it, they tell you what they're thinking. If they get, they get angry about something. And uh, they can get cross, explode, have a temper tantrum or whatever. And this, unfortunately, doesn't always stop with children. We, as adults, you know, when something doesn't suit us, we get angry. We can get angry. When somebody crosses our path and uh, somebody just something does something that maybe ticks us off and we can get angry about many things, whether they're in, intentional or unintentional. You know, we can get angry to control, thinking about an angry boss that really just gets angry or an angry father with these children. You know, it, it, it's, he's doing it maybe to bring control. And in a sense, it does bring some control. It does, you know, when somebody has a red, fa red face and clenched fists, you know, you, people, what do we do? We tend to back off when somebody's angry. You know, we stay out of the way. We don't want to. Um, so it, in a sense, that kind of anger does work to control, but it's not the was it, uh, James says, the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. So we need to remember that uh, reasons we're getting angry. Um, we can get angry when, there's, when something is not right, an injustice. Uh, we can see something of an injustice and it can make us angry. Uh, jealousy, I believe this is a big one in the Bible when you see... Uh, a lot of jealousy with David and Saul. Saul was jealous because of David and uh, Cain and Abel, you know, jealousy can cause us to get angry. And we can get angry in response to getting hurt or mistreatment. If somebody does, you know, uh, physical or, or uh, emotionally, when you, when you, if you hit your thumb with a hammer, you know, you, you can get, you know, that emotion is stirred up and, um, it can even cause people to curse. And the same with words of actions of others. When, it, when they can cut, they can cut, and they can hurt. And so we get hurt. For, we can be, get mistreated, and we can get angry about that. Reason, reasons we can get angry. And wounded pride. You know, when our pride gets wounded, we can get angry 
And this list is not complete. I'm sure there's other ways that we can get angry, but there's lots of different reasons that we get angry. And we want to, well, so there's a lot of different causes. And there's also a lot of different types of anger. You know, some of these are um, uh, sin, maybe some are not. We want to go through them here. But there's a, the, the first level of anger would be like your frustration or irritation. You know, the little pet peeves maybe, or somebody does something to tick us off, you know, is, a, is, is, is a, a anger. Then we have uh, rage. Rage is an anger. That's like an outburst of anger, temper, an explosive type, an uncontrollable expression. You know, it's like, a, like maybe a shotgun, you know, big blast and then all, and then all the pieces. Um, but likely, when that kind of anger, it's likely been laying inside for a while. It's not just all of a sudden one day, it's there. Then we have a, a resentment type of anger. This is a little different. This is not like a shotgun type, but this is more of a crockpot type. This is the one that's down and simmers and slow inside. It's maybe suppressed. Maybe I know it's there, but I don't really want to deal with it. Maybe I'm denying it's there. Or maybe I justify it and I say, you know, well, if that happened to you, you would be angry too. You know, resentment, just holding those ill feelings down inside. And then, uh, and then it leads into the next level, bitterness. Bitterness is that settled hostility that when it settles down in and it poisons the whole inner man. You know, somebody did something we don't like, so we just harbor those feelings. And that the Bible talks about a root of bitterness, and roots are down underneath. They're down in, inside. And so bitterness uh, can lead to, to wrath, the explosion on the outside. But this is, uh, this is kinds of anger. Then we have indignation. Indignation is an, another kind of anger, and that's a kind that's expressed when something happens to others, largely happens to others, when something is not right, when something of an injustice happens that makes us angry. It's motivi motivated by an injustice. You know, you see people that are treated wrong and you want to do something about it. I remember when I was a boy, I went along with uh, my dad, we had an egg route in Lebanon and we had, uh, we were going in town, <clears throat> we were there, I was riding with dad, and we were going right by the Bethlehem Steel buildings. And this was back in the 70s when Bethlehem Steel was booming, and they were on strike. They were striking, and so the, the picture, the picture of the setting, the sidewalk was just filled with people that were strike, strikers. And, um, and there was a car, there was a parking lot inside, and a car wanted to come out out onto the road. Well, it was all blocked. So there's a police officer there that was trying to get the people back. He pushed the one side back, and then he pushed the other side back, and then they come back. He pushed, and he finally, finally got it open, and he motioned the car to come through. And just like that, they pushed the police officer out in front of the car, and the car knocked him flat, knocked him, knocked him over. Didn't, I mean, he got up then. But we, I, I mean, I just, I can take you to the place I think where it happened. I mean, that's a vivid memory in my mind. And my dad got so angry. He said, oh, if I just had a buggy whip. <laughs> you see, it was a response to, an, it was an anger out of an injustice. It was something that was very wrong. And that, that was his first response. He pulled over there, and I, we watched it. He, he didn't get out and use his buggy whip. Did, he didn't have a buggy whip. <clears throat> but, 
But you know, sometimes with this, this indignation, we have to be careful that we don't get into trouble. You see, the, that, that response of anger was right, but then sometimes our, our, the, our, the way we respond to it can be wrong, can be wrong. Let's just think like an abortion, you know, that's, that's wrong. It should make us angry. But does that give us a right to go and block the entrance to the abortion clinic? I don't think so. The, you know, the, the, the title of the message here is Be Angry and Sin Not. So right kind of anger doesn't give us a license to respond wrongly. You know, it didn't give us the right to take the buggy whip and just take care of things. That does, it didn't, you know. We have to remember one thing that God says. Uh, he says to us, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. That's in the Old Testament and it's in the New Testament. Repeatedly, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. You know, uh, vengeance is, is something that is not, it's not our business. Uh, one of the reasons it's not our business is because we don't know how. We don't know how. We think we know how, you know, but uh, we don't know how. <clears throat> uh, when we want to give out vengeance, we would want to give more than is deserved. You know, the Old Testament, they had a law, and it says, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. So it was one eye for one eye. That was the Old Testament law. Why? Why was the law saying one for one? Because we'd like to give two. You know, if somebody takes one eye, we want to get both of them. If somebody calls us a name, we want to give them a, a, a worse name. And that's, we don't know how to deal out vengeance. And God says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. So we have to re remember that. And I, uh, <clears throat> revenge is another uh, thing that I had down there. Revenge says, you know, just, just wait, I'll get the last lick. You know, I'll, I'll want to, I'm getting even. When I get out of jail, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this or I'm gonna do that. So there's different kinds of anger here. Now we want to remember that, um, uh, God, you know, the Bible says that, that God was angry. And the Bible says that Jesus was angry. And the times that God was angry was probably more than all the others put together. So, but when God got angry, you know, he didn't get angry with rage. He didn't get angry with resentment and bitterness. You know, it was about righteous indignation. There was something of an injustice, a biblical injustice that made God angry. And when Jesus got angry, it was the same way. It was never about himself. It was always about a biblical, uh, something violation, violating uh, just looking at one example, Jesus, when he was healing the man with a liver, withered hand, it says that he looked on them with anger, the, 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 those that were around, because he was grieved for the hardness of his heart. And then he healed the man's hand. But here we can see he had full control. There was no rage. There was no yelling. There was nothing. He had full control. When Jesus cleansed the temple is another good example of when Jesus was angry. It actually doesn't say he was angry, but by implication, I believe he was angry. When he overturned the money, ta the, the, the tables, and he, and, uh, you know, so why was he angry? Why was he angry? He was, you know, they were, they were cheating, and they were lying, and they were stealing. Uh, they, they were overcharging. The, when they exchanged the money, they were, uh, Giving, weren't giving fair exchanges, and it kept people out from buying the doves and the sacrifices that couldn't afford them. 
So there was things there that they were making money in the name of, of Jesus. And he says, you have made it a den of thieves. This is supposed to be a house of prayer. But notice his anger was not directed towards the people. It was directed towards their sin. And, and that's, the, that's a big difference. When anger is directed towards a person, I believe it's wrong. So Jesus never got angry when it was things about himself. Things about himself. When his self was at stake, you know, he, he, there was nothing there that caused him to get angry. They spit on him, no record of him getting angry. They call him names, the worst name that you could possibly call someone, the prince of devils, and he didn't get angry. And when Jesus could have been the angriest of all, would have been when he was on, dying on the cross, all that injustice there, and what did he say? Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. There's our example. So we can ask the question, what makes us angry? What makes me angry? Is it when my self-rights are being violated, or is it God's biblical justice violated? You know, I, I, there's a, there is the good anger and the bad anger, and often our anger is selfish and self-centered. It comes from our pride. And it's really what it's saying is, I'm important here. How could you do this to me? Good anger focuses uh, on the evil, not the person. And when, the anger, when anger is directed towards a person, it's, it's wrong. And, and anger is, righteous anger is never quick and quick-tempered and explosive, impulsive. You know, I believe Jesus, when he overturned those money changers, the tables, and I mean, you could, you could picture it different ways, but I don't think he was out of a fit of rage. I don't think he was out of a fit of rage. I believe he was thought through, and it was because uh, of the, it wasn't directed to the people. I don't think he took the whip on the people. He took, uh, he, it, was, it was because of the evil that they were doing. So re let's remember the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. The wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. Now the sins of anger. We looked at the stirring of anger and now the sins of anger. And some of the sins of anger are, are maybe ugly. You know, are responses that can be sinful. You know, we wanna see the difference. We must see the difference between the stirring of anger and the response and our response. You know, when uh, Ephesians it says, be angry, I believe that's the, the stirring of anger, that first warming up or whatever. And I don't believe that's sin. I don't believe that's, that's just like a, a caution sign or a, a danger sign, danger ahead, slow down. Um, something is gonna be happening. Uh, we need to deal with it. You know, if we ignore that, that danger sign, uh, maybe before it reaches the tongue, you know, it can, the emphasis is here is sin not. Be angry and sin not. So we must separate the emotion, the emotion from our response. The emotion of anger is something usually out of our control, but the response is very much in our control. We can't choose our circumstances that cause us to get angry, but we can choose our responses. Let's say your car pulls, uh, let's say you're going down the road and, uh, and you're in a, uh, a solid line and a car passes you up and just cuts in and right in front of you real quick like, and, um, and then he slows up and makes a left turn, almost makes you stop. 
So there's a circumstance, right? So the circumstance, did we have any control over the circumstance? That's, that was a circumstance that was out of our control. But now, how do we respond to that? And this is very real stuff, I think, because road rage, they say, is really on the increase. So now, so you have the, uh, the car uh, right there. What do you want to do? <clears throat> you, do you, you know, your natural response would be just to maybe squeal the tires a little bit and lay in the horn. Let them know they did something they shouldn't have. Or another response would be to maybe bless them. Uh, say, oh, you know, I, 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 they, must have, they must really have an emergency that's, that's uh, very important. And, and, uh, and pray for them, pray for their safety as they reach their de destination. You, know, you see, our responses, we do, we do choose our responses. Our, our, you know, if we, we don't choose our circumstances, but we can choose our responses. If, think about it. If we could choose our circumstances, we would never get angry. We would just have everything just right, just right. And, uh, but we don't choose our circumstances, but we can choose our responses. So the sins of anger is how we can respond. And in verse 31, we see different uh, uh, traveling companions to anger that go along with anger. So it says, let all bitterness and we talked a little bit about the bitterness. Um, you know, it's that long-standing resentment, that spirit that refuses to be reconciled. And wrath, uh, this speaks of violent forms of anger. It resent, re represents storms of uncontrolled temper, losing control when things don't suit us, that explosive burst that lashes out at others. So anger can be very, very destructive, and we can't keep anger to ourselves. Anger will affect other people. Actually, there's a, <clears throat> ran across a, a story here of a, a, ball, a ball game back in 1894 when the uh, Boston was playing the Baltimore Oils and they were playing there in, in the third inning and the guy slid into third base and the, 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 um, the uh, third baseman gave him a kick in the face and he got angry <clears throat> and started a fight and soon other players were in the fight and other, People in the stands were in the fight. And while that was all going on, somebody lit the stands. And the stands, I mean, 1894, all wood. Can you imagine the fire? And they had uh, over 100 houses burned down and hundreds of people were homeless. And it all started with one incident at third base where they got, somebody got angry. So it, it affects other people. It affects other people. You can't keep anger to yourself. Uh, in the list here with anger, we see the, uh, ref, uh, this anger word here in uh, verse 31. It says uh, bitterness, wrath, and anger. And these are different Greek words. And this Greek word means the feelings of great his hostility, often an inner raging against people or situations. Some people that think, you know, maybe they're not angry because they haven't lashed out at others, but at the same time, they can hold ill feelings inside that just simmer on and on. And then we have clamor. It describes people that raise their voices and, and shout and scream very harshly. Um, someone described this as a clamor as fighting with fists, where the next word, evil speaking, is fighting with words fighting with words, wishing or plotting evil against people. And it, 
it often the uh, verse 29 says, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. And that's a lot of times connected to this impulse of anger. So these are this is areas that we should not, how we should not respond. But we want to look at how we should respond. But first we want to look at the, uh, the bedtime rule. The bedtime rule. The Bible gives us a bedtime rule, and that is don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Don't go to bed with an unresolved issue. Don't lay your head in the pillow with anger in your heart. Why? What's the big deal? Why can't we go to bed angry? What's, what's wrong with that? Well, because what goes on in your conscious mind will continue on in your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind then will be checking this thing out all night long. Just think about laying in bed, and I've done this. Oh, that was unfair. That wasn't right. I didn't deserve that. You know, and then it gets out of proportion. You blow it up. And then you finally fall asleep, and guess what's there? In your subconscious mind, the churning and churning and churning. Uh, there's a proverb here, surely the churning of milk bringeth forth butter, and the wringing of the nose bringeth forth blood, so the forcing of wrath bringeth forth strife. You see, when there's a churning of anger in our hearts, it's like the churning of butter. Now, we don't churn, we, don't, we just go buy our butter. I was just talking to Sue this morning about how do you, how, years ago, how do you make butter? You, you, you just shook it. <clears throat> You, uh, you stirred it, or you, you, if you shake it in a jar for 20 minutes, you can turn cream into butter. And that's the, you know, we don't get, we don't get the concept of this verse so much because we just buy the butter. Um, but the churning of butter and the churning of anger brings forth bitterness. You know, so it's breeding ground for all kinds of sin. You know, think about when we go to bed, uh, we're giving, it says there, near to give place to the devil. Uh, some, uh, some versions would uh, say an opportunity for the devil and talk about giving Satan a foothold. So what does Satan do with a person lying in bed angry? Well, he'll just show us all kinds of ways to, to express it. Um, you know, you can rehash the story and then you, you know, this, this injury that we had, you can, and, then, and then you forget one little part of the story and then you say it again and and uh, the churning and churning and churning. You see, it'd be better to go to bed thinking peaceful thoughts, peaceful thoughts, reading scripture, praying. That's a good message to give your subconscious mind overnight. That's a good message for that. So there's a bedtime rule that the Bible lays out for us that we can follow. So what are the Bible answers <clears throat> to anger? Well, the Bible does give us answers. But first of all, I want to think about what the world says. The world says, express it. Express it. You know, there's a lot of emphasis today and, and past years past on venting your anger. Vent it. Express it. Get it out. Get it out. A mother wrote to a psychologist, said, you know, you told my three-year-old to kick the sofa to vent his anger. Now he's 30 years old, and he's still kicking the sofa 
and he's also kicking his wife and his children. And I just kicked a vacuum cleaner right out a closed window. You know, today, <clears throat> the new thing is, did, uh, maybe you know about it, I didn't. But the new thing is today, there's anger rooms. You can go, uh, they're cropping up, and Philadelphia is the closest one. But you can go into a room and vent your anger. You can smash, they're calling smashing rooms. And uh, you can take a sledgehammer or baseball bat, uh, and you can smash every, <laughs> every <laughs> you can smash anything to schmitterines. And uh, down in Philadelphia, they have one called, uh, there's a package you can buy, Fast and Furious, for five minutes. Raging Bull is 15 minutes, and Savage Beast is 25 minutes. And their slogan is, truly a good outlet for anger. That's, that's new, this is new. But is it a truly a good outlet for anger? You know, I think studies show that those kinds of things, when they said vent your anger and kick the sofa and beat your pillow, you know, those things, they only reinforce the habit. I think it's proven that way. It's only, you know, you, um, if you get angry, you're just gonna get angry again. That's not the answer. <clears throat> You know, others say, you know, we, we're, you know, we're good people. We can't have anger, so we have to suppress it, suppress it. You know, let's put a lid on it. Let's put a lid on it. But, you know, if you keep that anger down in and just put a lid on it and deny it's there or maybe justify it's there, there's likely going to be explosion sometime. You can't, you know, you, it's, so the answer is not to express it. The answer is not to suppress it. But the Bible gives answers, and the answers are in our verse here in 32, and the verse 32 says it's put it away, put it away. And we want to try to explain a little bit what that means, putting it away, and Colossians uses the term put it off, put it off. So in, in, uh, in verse 31, it says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away with, from you with all malice. That is... It says, um, put it away, put those things away. And in verse 32, it says, put on and be ye there, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So here we see the, uh, the, the how, how can we put anger off? How can we do this? How, do we, how does it work out? Well, we, we, it, it happens by with a proper response, proper response, by putting on, putting on. In Colossians chapter 3, we have uh, very parallel verses, and it says, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. And if any man have a quarrel, against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of per perfectness. So we learned, that, we learned that when we get angry, it's because our rights have been violated in some way. Somebody has wronged us and we get hurt and that makes us angry. And the Bible is full of ways to respond to these people that hurt us. 
full of full of ways, full of responses, responses. Uh, you know, and if we're going to respond, we can't have excuse, excuses, you know, well, that's just the way I am, or my dad was angry and I can't help it. But no, we can, res it's how we respond. It says here that we are to be kind one to another. It, it means deliberate acts of love, deliberate acts of love. Tenderhearted is moved to love by the hurts of others. It moves us, it's a choice. It's a, you know, the, the human responses becomes, come, come so natural, and I'll be the first to admit, you know, that the, the emotion, I mean, your tongue is so closely connected and you're ready to, and you're ready to respond. It's, it's, it's habit. It's habit. When that car pulls out in front of you, you're ready to lay in the horn. It's my, it's our ha my habit. But we, we're talking about a choice. The Bible responses that work, we must choose them. We must choose them. We must put on and put off. By putting on, we're putting off. If we follow the Bible responses, we won't end up sinning. We won't fill our heart with anger and resentment and a bitterness. Now, of course, we need the Holy Spirit to do this. We need the Holy Spirit to do this. Or the new man, the verses I just read from Colossians, the ver it was talking about the new man and the, uh, the new man which is renewed in knowledge and in the image of him that created him. So we need to be kind and compassionate and forgiving. Those are the responses that we need every day. And in our responses, that's gonna make the difference. It's either gonna be the anger or the kind-hearted, tenderness, forgiving. See, we respond evil for evil or good for evil. And we put off anger by responding good for evil, good for evil. Now, John Koblentz wrote a book, <clears throat> uh, Putting Off Anger, and the last several chapters, he talks about how to do it with um, putting off anger by faith and by forgiveness and love, and I think he has another one in there, Thanksgiving, but uh, a very good book, and I'm just going to give a little summary of that, but you can read in depth there and, and how to put off this anger. Now, and he starts with faith. You know, faith is the foundation. It's foundational. We're largely talking about circumstances that are beyond our control. There's very, uh, the things that come our way that don't suit us, and then we get angry about it. And the way we can put off anger is by recognizing that God is in control of our circumstances. He is a good God. He allowed it to happen, and he knew it would happen before it happened, and he allowed it. So we can, we can, um, we can uh, when we see things through this lens of faith, we won't get angry because we know God is bigger and he has everything under control and we can trust him. We can believe him. We can believe him. We can trust him. And I believe that's how Joseph did it. You think about how Joseph could have harbored feelings of resentment and bitterness and in his heart. How did Joseph overcome? I believe he, he, saw, uh, he saw something in the sovereignty of God and, and he just put his faith and trust in him. I believe this is how Joseph overcame by faith. How he could, putting, we're talking about putting off anger. Forgiveness is the second one there, forgiveness. You know, many times there's resentment and bitterness in the heart. When there is that there, there's unforgiveness there. There's unforgiveness. You know, these hurts come, people, we're, we're selfish, we, uh, we hurt people and we get hurt. 
And, uh, and the Bible says offenses will come, and they're, they're going to come. And so these, these, when, they, when they come, forgiveness is, is what that's for. Is, you know, the, uh, an offense is a wrong, and forgiveness is for wrongs. You know, the Bible tells us that God has forgiven us, and we need to forgive others. There's just no other loopholes. I mean, forgiveness is not an option. It's just, it's, it's there. We have to forgive. And I, I admit that some things are, are harder to forgive than others. There's differences. But, uh, and, but we, 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 when we can put off, when we get angry, we get angry when we're wrong. So by forgiving, we're putting off anger. When we forgive, we put it away. And love. Love, when we exercise agape love, that's God, love that from God himself, we're putting off anger. You know, the Bible says, uh, be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, the verse we were looking at here. And the Bible is full of commands to love. You know, the Sermon on the Mount says, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. So it's talking about enemies there, but anyone that stirs up the anger of emotion in us, it gives us the chance to love. It gives us the chance to love. And when we love them, we're putting off anger. Now, he has them in this order. John Colblentz has them in this order. Faith, forgiveness, and love. And he says, I believe it, you know, it starts with faith. It starts with faith. If we don't believe that God is good, that he is in control and that he's sovereign, uh, then we won't be able to forgive. And if we don't forgive, if, we have unfor if we're harboring unforgiveness in our hearts, then it's going to be hard for us to love. So it's faith, forgiveness, and love. Now let's look at some practical ways uh, that we can put off anger. Practical ways to put off anger. The first one is to be slow to wrath. Slow to wrath. And actually, I almost thought this should be the title. I didn't know quite how to... Slow to wrath. You know, we're so quick to anger. It comes so quickly. And the Bible tells us that we are to be slow to wrath. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. And we're going to look at that one yet. Slow to speak, slow to wrath. Slow to wrath. You know, being slow to anger is a mark of a godly man or a godly woman. The... Uh, In, the, in Titus, it gives us the qualifications for a bishop. And I believe a bishop's, the qualifications should be here for a desire of all of us. And it says, not self-willed, not soon angry, not soon angry, slow to anger is a quality that uh, we're looking for in a leader. And it's an attribute of God himself. Actually, it was in our Sunday school lesson. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger. That's repeated and repeated and repeated in the Bible. God is slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. And if he's slow to anger, that makes sense that, we, that he would expect us to be slow to anger. Slow to anger. You know, be angry and sin not. <clears throat> to be, have this stirring of anger rise up that when somebody did something, to sin not, we need to display the meekness. That's what this is. Slow to anger is meekness. Meekness is the ability to control 
especially in provocation, when that stirring takes place. You know, we probably all saw somebody blow up, and we all saw somebody able to control in provocation. Meekness is the ability to control. You know, the Bible says that Moses was the meekest man. And why was he the meekest man? Why could God say that of him? And I believe uh, one of the reasons is that maybe he was tested greater than, than I was, than all of us were. You know, leading the stubborn and rebellious, stiff-necked people. You know, he had more opportunity to, 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 to be meek, to be slow to anger, slow to anger. You know, in this area of self-control, when you think about self-control, you know, how easy it is, it is it to control. And, um, you know, thinking about the, um, you know, something, you're angry about something at home and shouting maybe at the children or whatever, and the phone rings. And so you're angry and shouting and then the phone rings and you, hello? You know, we, we have more ability to control than we think so sometimes. Slow to anger, slow to anger. Another proverb, there's lots of proverbs we could bring in here, but wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeases strife. He that is slow to anger appeases strife. It's like, it's like you have a gas can, or, you know, if you have a gas can on a fire and you dump gas on it, it blows it up, right? It makes it bigger. And if you have a fire extinguisher, you know, the, the one that is slow to anger is like one with a fire extinguisher. It just puts it out diffuses it. That's the picture we have here. Also, the next one we'll look at is a soft answer. And this is really, a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Soft answer, tone of voice, tone of voice. Answer softly. Came across an example how a mother dealt with a child with a temper tantrum. Temper tantrum. And she would get down on the child's level, get down and make eye contact with the child, and then just talk softer and softer and softer, and just diffuses the anger. A soft an How many of you saw a soft answer turn away wrath? We probably all did. A soft answer turns away wrath. When you've come back quick and grievous words, that's just gonna pick a fight. Soft answer turns away wrath. Take a time out. <clears throat> Go do something different. <clears throat> Give yourself a little space. Can spare you from saying the wrong thing. Being swift to hear, slow to speak. And that's so easy to do the opposite. Do you ever watch a shouting match? Do you ever see somebody just shouting at each other? And you know, no reason or logic behind it. You know, they just, no common sense. They lost, you know, the one's in a, the one's in a, um, an accusing mode and the other's in a defensive mode and they're just going and they're just saying a lot of nothing. Being quick, quick to speak, you know, you just say the wrong thing and likely say something you wish you wouldn't have. But you know, if you pause and just let, let the accuser say what they want, don't be quick to defend yourself. If someone's accusing you and you're defending yourself, you just have a lot of he said, she said, no, no, no sense. No, nobody's listening to anybody. 
But uh, let, let them get it out. Let them talk. And when they're finished, say anything else. And then, you know, it's quick to hear, slow to speak. And so often it's the opposite for us. We're quick to speak. And we need to uh, do what the Bible says. Be quick to hear. And lastly, I'd just like to look at the question of what am I defending? You know, we're talking about our uh, self-rights or God's biblical justice violated. What, are we, what am I trying to defend? You know, when this stirring starts in my heart, you know, I need, I'm defending something. I'm defending something. <clears throat> and, uh, and a lot of times if we stop and ask the question, what am I defending? You know, a lot of times it comes back to me or my, you know, one time I was going down to uh, chapel at Terry Hill High School and chapel starts at what, 8.20? And so I wasn't watching the clock and I'm leaving and I just, oh, okay, I guess I can make it up. I can't lose any time here. And so I'm going down 8.97 and I hit Schaeferstown, here's a school bus. And then I hit another school bus at Kleinfeldersville and just slow and slow. Did you ever get, you know, the feeling? Then I get down to Terry, uh, to um, Weaver Markets and I'm at the red light and here a truck turns down south on 897. Right ahead of me, here was one of these CD, CDL training drivers. <sighs> that truck shouldn't be on this road. This is, that's no, no. So now what am I trying to defend? What am I trying to defend? You know, I'm going to be late, and I don't want to look bad, right? I don't want to be late. The teachers and students at Terry Hill are going to watch me walk in late, and I don't want to look bad. But I'm taking it out on the trucker. That truck shouldn't be there. That truck wasn't, he, he went through a yellow light, I think. When really the problem was that I didn't allow enough of time. So ask the question, why am I angry? What am I, what, what am I defending? And it can be embarrassing because there's how much self is really alive. So, <clears throat> anger. I'm angry because I'm so important. It's about me. How could they talk to me like that? It's all because of my self-importance. Something didn't suit me. So be angry and sin not. You know, the Bible gives us answers how we can respond, how we can respond. We can put off this anger by loving, by forgiving, by faith. We can be slow to anger. We can have meekness. We can answer softly and, uh, and be swift to hear and slow to speak. A lot of uh, godly counsel from his word. But you know also, it doesn't give us just instruction. The Bible gives us the Bible gives us a lot of instruction, but also he gives us help. We have the Holy Spirit. We, have the, we can have the, the fruit of the Spirit. It's what we develop, and we can, God will help us. So it's not like we uh, just have the instruction, but God will be, the Holy Spirit will be there to help you and I with our anger. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and love to us. We thank you for the emotion of anger that you have given to us. And we know that you have been angry a lot of times on, on injustice that has taken place. Help us to evaluate what makes me angry. What makes me angry? Is it about myself or is it about 
your biblical justice. So Lord, help us to deal with um, anger in a right way, the way you have laid out in your word, and help us to, uh, we, th we thank you for the Holy Spirit that will help us to live it out, so that we can put it off by loving and forgiving one another. So thank you, and just pray that you'll be with each one of us and help us to be bright and shining lights for you. Pray in Jesus' worthy name, amen.